Hello, and welcome to what we are calling the ET Enthusiast, where we are going to talk about all things ET, the extraterrestrial related, which some people might say, ET, there's only one ET movie. There's no TV show. There's no sequels. How are you going to do a whole show, a whole podcast about ET? But uh, there's lots of other things we can talk about. There's commercials, there's theme parks, there's everything. And uh, we are starting it off with a bang here with uh, someone who is actually one of the stars of E.T. It's uh, none other than Mr. Robert McNaughton himself. How are you, Robert? Hi. Good. How are you, Wesley? I'm doing great. It's uh, it's great to talk to you. We uh, we met a few months back at a Days of the Dead uh, horror convention here Atlanta. in Atlanta. Yeah, and uh, um, it was it was great. I hadn't been to. Uh, one of the days of the dead ones yet and uh i know you guys do a lot of those they're so much fun i did i think i've done like five or six of them now wow days of the dead is always the most fun in my opinion because it's just it's a little bit wild um <laughs> d d also enjoys doing them too because uh something crazy always happens <laughs> yeah it's uh kind of a another world for uh for et because uh d i know d wallace she's in a lot of horror stuff but then E.T. is kind of like uh, wedged its way into this uh, horror convention, which I think is cool. I guess sci-fi and uh, horror, they kind of go hand they in go hand. They go hand in hand, but I never had done any of the horror conventions. I had done several sci-fi conventions and comic book conventions. Yeah. But uh, then I finally did a horror movie with Damien Leone, who directed Terrifier. Oh, wow. So he, he asked me to do one day on uh, one of his movies. That's so awesome. I figured now I can actually officially do them without feeling like a, a poser. Yeah. But Henry well, also, Henry has a, you know, he, he was uh, Norman Bates in Psycho yeah. 4 and he's, I mean, he's done a lot of horror. He was in That's Ouija board, Ouija, Ouija the it, Revenge. Yeah, the Ouija Mike sequel Lennon. and then now uh, Hill House and all of and, that. Uh, and then uh, uh, Dr. Sleep, which was yeah. Like, you know, so I think Henry's more than qualified to do horror. <laughs> and depending on who you ask, uh, some people might say E.T. is a horror movie because I know a lot of people yeah. are uh, scared of him. <laughs> I've seen all oh, those. There's been uh, I've seen excellent articles written where all the reasons that E.T. was, you know, terrifying for little children. And uh, and they make a they make a good point. It's like, you know, there's many aspects of E.T. that are you know really scary i don't i didn't let my son see it until he was six or seven my uh oldest son noah he saw he, and his first time seeing it was at the premiere in la they had a uh like a 20th anniversary premiere with john williams conducting the orchestra oh the uh the 2002 uh re-release yep and that was the first time he saw it was uh wow. when you let's see he was born in 97 so yeah he was like five or six but before wow. that i didn't want him to see it because it, it I know seeing it in the theaters, it was scary for a lot of kids. The beginning yeah. of Cornfield and when he, they sort of, you know, you don't see him. So then all of a sudden, when you first see him, he pops up, you know? <laughs> I, I, I distinctly remember the first time I watched it, which was probably also like 2001 or 2002. Uh, we watched it on a VHS. And I, I still remember going through just like every, I was probably in like second grade and I went through like every emotion <laughs> watching that where, yeah. uh, when he first pops out, I made my parents pause it and was crying and didn't want to finish it. And then <laughs> by the end, you're laughing, having a good time, and then you're crying for a whole nother reason. And that's yep. when I was like, I think I want to do something with movies. I, I like movies now. It's why it was so it was so nice to see like the last few years or so before, you know, uh, <laughs> before 2020, that a lot of they were starting to have um, film, you know, where they're showing the film for free you know yeah. like families outdoors we mm -hmm. saw it in you know with the brooklyn bridge in the background and it was just wow. all he's on the lawn and stuff and a lot of times the parents were bringing their kids and that was the first time they were seeing the movie but it was kind of it's very much to me i think it's very much a communal movie it works so much better when you see it with an audience and especially an audience of kids you know um because it always sort of wins over the audiences <laughs> Yeah, I, that's a. Uh, I've I've seen it a lot in theaters over the years, and uh, uh, I know the Plaza Theater here in Atlanta. It's like the I think the oldest theater in Atlanta. They showed it last year on uh, I think it was seventy two millimeter, and that was a blast. Oh, yeah, and then um, 
a few years ago, I've seen it different random theaters and there's always at least one kid in the audience. Like after the movie, you can tell that they're like crying, but like crying for a good reason. Like they've never felt this way about a movie before. Like it really gets you choked up and you're like, what? Like I think when you're a kid, you don't think about that as being a possibility. Like a lot of stuff goes over your head, but there's something about E.T. that <laughs> really about hits. Friendship. It's, it's, it hits home. I think for, for younger kids, because it's, you know, they have a best friend or they have even an imaginary friend or a teddy bear or something. And they can, they can picture that, that having to say goodbye, you know, it's, yeah, it's universal in that sense. Yeah. It's just very much a, also feels very much like a movie just made. There's a lot of movies made for kids, but this one, like uh, just the way it's shot and the way it's uh, the way it deals with, kids it's about kids and for kids and uh i could i mean steven steven wasn't like a little kid i would say more when we were filming he was more like a teenager (laughs) with the teenager sensibility uh that he he kept like a sort of a, a, a youthful you know excitement about things he's he gets so excited about whatever he's you know at that time whatever his interest is yeah he gets you interested in it mm-hmm. so enthusiastic i guess that's the word i'm looking for he's, he's enthusiastic like a teenager instead of being you know jaded and uh um, yeah and so that comes across plus i think the writer of it melissa matheson was so um she was surrounded by children while she was writing the script or more accurately teenagers the the the, the main two characters my character and Henry's character. Well, we're not the main two characters. I shouldn't say that. But I, I would. I would say that. That's fair. <laughs> boys, the two boys in the family are based on her two boys um, with Harrison Ford. Well, she was their stepmother, but it was she was living with them at the time when she wrote the script for ET. So, the, yeah. You know, and she she had a really great ear for stuff dialogue that was r- real. You know, uh, and and kind of uh, a lot of the insults in the movie a lot of stuff that the friends say to us with All the uh, uh, the douchebag talk <laughs> yeah see thomas howell's character and casey martell's character and sean fry's character they're all sort of based on the two boys friends because one of the boys was 10 and one of the boys was 14 um and so in a large part our characters aren't necessarily straight you know just like they are but they're like they are plus also also all of their friends yeah so, so that you know that sensibility comes across plus the deliberate you know idea of filming it from et's perspective which is also the children's perspective right i'll never forget though this um there was a guy and he had one scene in the movie but he had dialogue you know he had a whole scene that, that, that played the cop that's coming in after um henry loses et out in the woods mm-hmm. And there's a cop saying, you know, do you know where he is and all that? And, and he had a whole scene. And I remember when they're setting up the camera and just seeing his face when he was like realizing that he was not going to be on screen at all, when it was just <laughs> going to be his like knees. <laughs> and I just felt so bad for the guy because, you know, I know what it's like to, you know, you know, you work so hard just to get one line in a movie. And here you have a whole scene, but you know, you're not going to, the same thing for the teacher and the frog scene. You never see him. Yeah. It's the, uh, uh, it's the monsters Inc thing where uh, Mike Wazowski always gets covered by like a logo or something. <laughs> you, yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. And I felt so bad for those actors and, you know, uh, but that was, that was really effective for the movie. Yeah, for sure. Because Mary's the only adult that you see up until the end. And, and, and she's almost like one of the kids yeah just her her personality and you know she has like that youthful spirit she still does she's younger than me i don't know it keeps happening but i show up and i'm like you know she she looks so great she's like d d is like amazing yeah she's a she's something else she's a she's a pistol for sure force of nature and she her heart is so good i mean uh I've done some of these conventions where, you know, we, we work together and it's like, I, I don't know how she has the energy, but she also <laughs> cares about everybody that she meets. Like truly, she, she, 
she puts herself out there and like it it's like that's that's like really remarkable yeah i uh have so much respect for her because i reached out to her uh in 2020 when we were at like the height of the pandemic and i started interviewing people and i I just reached out to a few random people and she was one of them. And I was like, I'm never going to hear back. And I think she was the first person I heard back from and was wow. like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, no way. That's incredible. <laughs> like, she, she doesn't have to do that, <laughs> but she, uh, she's Recently, great. Yeah. She had gotten in touch with me because there was like a, uh, there was a class um, and they were, they had just gone, you know, virtual and in, in Spain. And this this teacher was trying to keep her students, you know, you know, interacting. And she had uh, sent a, a request. I think she had sent it to to Dee's Twitter or something like that. But Dee contacted me immediately, and she's like, they, "She just wants you to record a message for this class of of children in Spain, you know, because this wow. teacher." And it was basically just, you know, saying something in Spanish. I learned, you know. I took Spanish back in high school, but that was so long ago. I forgot all of it. But I so I so it's just like one line to rehearse a line for the Spanish class saying, you know, because it was all the children had drawn artwork of E.T. And, you know, the teacher was sort of keeping them engaged. But Dee was the first one that contacted me, you know, and she's That's busy. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> I got time, but she's she's always you know, it's like she's working and she's doing uh, she has like a. Uh, a podcast, uh, a radio show. Yeah. Always doing something. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I bet those kids must have been uh, losing their minds. Oh, yeah. The, the, the teacher sent us a nice thank you, like, a, you know, because wow. it, it was like we just recorded a short message in Spanish, but it was, you know, they all the students had written us letters, you know, in English writing, you know, writing because she had she I, I don't know if she taught English but she had you know but so they had written you know how much they loved the teacher and can you say something nice about her and <laughs> that wasn't coming from her that was coming from the kids and so you know we learned something in Spanish and then each of us did a different thing that's awesome um back backtracking a little bit um uh I I wanted to uh, ask you about how you got cast and ET how all this started like how you heard about it how you auditioned because I know uh uh Henry's audition goes around YouTube all the time I feel like I yeah. get that suggested to me all the time the uh the crying and all that but uh um I'd, I'd love to hear about uh and and then D I asked her about it and she she didn't audition so I'd love to hear uh no, she didn't have to she she was they already had her in mind from a different film yeah so used cars have to audition yeah, you yeah, start so right. Yeah, so I'd love to hear about uh, how, how it came about for you. Drew was also she read for Poltergeist. Right, right. So I think she, I'm not sure if she had to audition or not, but I don't I don't think so because I think Stephen already, you know, she knocked him out with her audition for Poltergeist, but it was just, you know, it's her personality was you know so strong it was perfect for ET. Yeah. He already had ET in the works. Mm -hmm you know, when he was auditioning for Poltergeist. Yeah, because those those are filming kind of at the same time, right? I know I've seen pictures of you guys with the cast of Poltergeist at the same time. Well, we never, um, they filmed at a different studio right before us. And uh -huh. we, never were, we never filmed at the same time, but they came, the movies came out, you know, like I think Poltergeist was two weeks before ET or vice versa. Uh -huh. But um, we did post-production work at Culver Studios after ET was done, you know, like looping dialogue and mm. and so we had school with the with the three um, cast members from from Poltergeist with uh, Oliver and Heather O'Rourke and um, and Dominique and wow. uh, we we were we had school all together and so you know that's what the pictures are all from that day. You know when we went to lunch, we went to lunch with Steven and we were walking around the studio <laughs> a lot there so that's awesome were, were those pictures planned or uh like was someone just like we got to grab a camera right now this is <laughs> no we, th there was a camera there because we some of the stuff we were doing they were taking you know stills but yeah. they were specifically to take pictures of us with the cast from poltergeist it just sort of happened like by accident that we all like he invited us to lunch i think we went to the commissary i can't remember 
but so the pictures were sort of off the cuff because we were, you know, in school together. And then we, we, we were doing our stuff at separate times, the looping, like yeah. that day, I remember I was doing um, the, the, the naughty language that I have in ET, which is like, at that time, you couldn't say that stuff on TV. Now it's like anything goes, but at that time, so some of the dialogue I had was, you know, bad words. And so they, what I was doing was just looping, you know, uh, acceptable words for television over the. Oh, wow. And so, and I think they were doing something similar for Poltergeist and also a few things here and there, like just post-production little, little minor things. Do you remember any of those, uh, the words that you, uh, used to replace? I wish I, I, I don't. I know I they have they, some goofy ones sometimes. Yeah, I know for, uh, uh do the right thing. Mickey Ficky was used quite a lot. <laughs> and Mickey Ficky actually became slang in certain places, uh, because in, in um in do the right thing they, they throw around mf and yeah. so they substituted mickey ficky like um buy your own mickey ficky batteries and stuff like that um, that's pretty good i can't remember the ones for et i don't i know they didn't they didn't take out uh penis breath which i wish they had but that's not a bad word but that's, you know that's, that's a that's the one line that i think everybody forgets is in there and then <laughs> you take your kid to see it and you go <gasps> Oops. <laughs> it's actually, uh, I registered it as my Ethernet address because every <laughs> Ethernet addresses have dot ETH. Uh huh. Mine is penis br dot ETH. Oh man. So that's added, that's fantastic. I that while it was available. <laughs> that's incredible. I registered um, phone home ETH and uh, extraterrestrial ETH too. <laughs> that's great. Case. I don't know. <laughs> you know. I don't know if anybody will, you know, do anything with it or if I'll do anything with it, but. <laughs> hey, that's a, uh, no, definitely. <laughs> um, am I right that your uh, audition scene was, uh, was it you and the guys kind of uh, hanging out playing D&D or am I? That, no, that else? was, that was one of them. My first audition actually was just a meeting with Steven and I didn't even read or anything. It was just meeting him um he asked me what i you know it was it was weird because you know i was so nervous and usually with steven people get nervous and then they forget about it about five minutes into the conversation you know because he's he's just so down to earth and you know he makes you feel comfortable so my but but it was kind of a weird situation because i was meeting him on the day that president reagan was shot in 1989 wow. so it was in the morning and it was chaotic because it had just happened and you know, so I remember like, uh, I, I, I think uh, Frank Marshall ran in one, at one point and said that that um, James Brady, who also got shot uh, when President Reagan was shot, James Brady got hit and um, they, they had thought he was dead. So they said James Brady just died. And, you know, all it was just very chaotic, which was good, I think, because then it made me feel a little bit less, you know, I mean, it wasn't good that <laughs> it wasn't, <laughs> President Reagan You're like, died. hey. Right. You're like, hey, it could be worse. <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was just good because it took my mind off of being so nervous about meeting Steven Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> so then that, uh... we just talked and I said I like to play Dungeons and Dragons. And he goes, Well, that's in the movie. And I had wow. no idea what was in the movie. I had, you know, he just asked what my interests were, and I said, I, I ride bikes. You know, <laughs> I kind of answered everything right. I love Reese's pieces. I love <laughs> No, I, I, I that wasn't quite. I don't think that was in the movie yet because that that happened later when they couldn't get Eminem. Yeah, when they, yeah. But, uh, well, that's that's pretty him. wild that you were already kind of your character. It was just sheer luck, and yeah. I also got in late because I missed all the preliminary auditions. I was in New York. I was doing a play in New York, and that's sort of how I ended up in. I was doing the play in New York, and and I auditioned for a different movie. Uh, and the casting director wanted me to fly out to LA to audition for that movie. So, uh, it was called The Entity with Barbara Hershey, like a horror. Oh, wow. movie. And, uh, and so then I didn't get the part and the casting director felt bad for me because she said, I'm so sorry you had to come all this way. I didn't tell her I lived in California anyway, but, <laughs> but so anyway, so then they, he, she said, I hear that they're doing something over at Fenton Feinberg who cast ET. And she said, uh, I can make a phone call. Maybe you can, it might, might not be too late for you to get in on it. And wow. 
she did me an enormous favor. That was a, a casting director named Barbara Clayman in wow. California. And she just did me an enormous favor. And, um, you know, so then the meeting with Stephen went well. So then they, then that's when they had me come in and um, do like an improv scene where I was like supposed to show, or Henry was supposed to show me the ET. Mm-hmm. But I never, I never read with Henry. I only read with all the other actors that read for Elliot and wow. in San Antonio. So I didn't actually, uh, I, I read with about three or four different actors that they were considering for Elliot. And then, you know, so they kept me to read with the other actors, which was a good sign, you know, because, yeah. you know, it's, I felt good about it then. And then they had the last audition was sort of, I think, to see how we all got along together. And they, that was the one, it was at Harrison Ford's house. And we were reading, um, we were playing D&D. Wow. And, just playing, just casually playing D&D at uh, Harrison Ford's house. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it was, it was like with, with, uh, with, uh, I believe it was with his, his youngest son played with us. And, wow. it, and then it was basically the actors ex- that ended up in the movie, except for Henry was cast later um you know Elliot was like the most important role to to, to cast in my opinion yeah it's the, the the center of the film so you gotta you know that's that's the most important role so Stephen I think uh had seen a movie that Henry did called Raggedy Man and and you know Henry is he's about two years younger than he is in E.T. and he's amazing in it it's like it's like, where did this kid come from? You know, he's just like so natural. So, you know, and then he only got better and better after, you know, after that. So, uh, and, and now he's just great. I mean, yeah. Now yeah. he's, now he's much more um, trained as far as like, he can do different period pieces. He can do, you know, he can do comedy. He can do, you know, he, he's much more versatile but he's always honest. He's always been a very honest and, you know, very uh, sympathetic actor. Yeah. Did you guys hit it off pretty good? Like as, uh, as soon as you met or was it, uh, this is really like (laughs) decided to join the chat. Uh, um, (laughs) Henry, Henry and I hit it off right off the bat because the, I, I just, I just, he just was very vulnerable, but just such an honest kid, like such no um, pretense, no kind of actor mannerisms. And he wasn't like, you know, I don't know. There were a lot of like sort of child actors that were very, you know, sort of egotistical and stuff. And Henry <laughs> had none of that. His Henry was, Henry's family brought him up right. Henry. Yeah. Had, and in Texas and his parents were you know working class and uh he he didn't he didn't have any kind of um he was very humble and I just admired all these these qualities he had and and it was like a joy to work with them as far as acting because you know he listened you know he he was very honest and truthful and you know so we got along right away Drew, we sort of like, Drew was exactly like she is in the movie. So the relationship that we have with her in the film kind of reflects the real relationship we had with her, where she was like, always trying to, you know, be the center of attention and trying to get in and do what we were doing. And she was just so cute. I mean, she, she steals every scene. Yeah. That every time I uh, see the movie, I pick up on something else. And then I'm like, Man, there's really nobody funnier than Drew Barrymore and E.T. <laughs> like it's she just every scene. This is natural. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. and then I know you uh you guys met Harrison Ford. Obviously, you said you uh did the thing at his house, but I know he came in and filmed a scene that uh that got cut. He was supposed to be the uh the principal. And um did you, did you guys you can find the scene on YouTube? It's on YouTube. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's like shroud, shrouded in darkness, like everybody else who's an adult. But uh, I was so jealous when Henry came and told me because we were in school. If I wasn't in the scenes or working, there's very few scenes in ET that I'm not in that I watched being filmed or anything because 
we were, you know, it was always, a, 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 you know, trying to balance the, you know, they were making sure because they only could work you four hours and then three hours of school, but not three continuous mm. hours of school. So it was like we would be in school for half an hour and then we'd be on the set. You know what I mean? So it was always like a, a juggling act. So when Henry filmed that scene, I was just like so jealous because Henry worshipped Harrison, you know, still does. Yeah, but, at that at that time, especially because he's like just right off of Indiana Jones. It was yeah. right after the first Raiders movie. So and 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 when we were filming E.T., I think he was filming Blade Runner or shortly before. So I I met him on that audition, but I didn't really talk to him much because um, he was coming out of the shower when I got there. I think I got there a little early. And so he was was, was kind of a, a, a little grumpy because he was, you know, I was there early. So, but he wasn't mean, but he was just like, you know. The classic grumpy Harrison Ford. <laughs> I, was, I was driving up from Irvine and, you know, to his house, I forget where it was, up, you know, in the Pacific Palisades or somewhere like that. And, and uh, so, you know, I was like uh, early because it's like, it took, takes an hour to drive from Irvine. So yeah, I don't want to yeah. be late <laughs> for an audition. <laughs> Gilbert, it's best not to be late. Yeah. <laughs> so I showed up early, which also was kind of a faux pas because it's like, you know, the guy's house. Yeah. <laughs> and I had no way, I didn't know it was his house when I, by the way, I showed up thinking it was just some house where I'm going to the audition. Oh man. And I can't remember if he answered the door, but he did come out of the shower at some point and, he, you know, just like, what are these kids doing in my house? <laughs> what the hell's going on here? Oh man. <laughs> I would have been nice to know beforehand that you're going to Harrison Ford's house. Yeah, no, I had no idea. They didn't say, they didn't tell us. So then I remember uh, Melissa was playing um, the album, um, uh, Elvis Costello Trust album had just come out. It came out in like early 1981 and she was playing it and they, everybody was listening to it, like Steven and Frank Marshall and, you know, Kathy Kennedy and, and all them were, they were listening to the, uh, the new Elvis Costello album. And uh, that was the first time, that was the first time I'd really heard him. I was aware of who he was, but that was the first time I'd actually heard his whole album. Cause I was and kind then, of, I was kind of a uh, theater kid. So I was listening to like show tunes and stuff, you know, so <laughs> I, I wasn't real cool. I wasn't like, uh, you know, new wavy or anything at that time. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Taste. And then uh, is, is that, I, I'm not, familiar with a lot of Elvis Costello my dad will kill me when he hears that but um <laughs> that's um, a great album yeah is that the album that has the song that you ended up singing in ET no that was the album I think it was right before that uh, uh -huh. or, or two albums before that but uh the the song I sang was accidents will happen mm -hmm. and then uh the uh album that was on was called armed forces also a great album he just wow. had he just had a string of un, you know, believable albums in a row, starting yeah. with his debut, starting with his debut album, and then like, you know, I think every year he put out just one that would top <laughs> the last one. And yeah. trust, trust is more of kind of a settled down album. It's kind of like a, it's kind of a more um, nightclubby. I want to say nightclubby <laughs> album, but just incredible songwriting. That's awesome. Um, was there anything uh, on the set of ET, like uh, any games or anything that you guys like to do between takes? I know I was watching the uh, the HBO Max just did like a Harry Potter reunion, and they were talking about there's tons tons of kids on that set, but uh, they were kind of talking about like, oh, we would all play slaps or whatever. And uh, I was just curious if you guys had any uh, any things uh, that became like ongoing things during filming. I know we, we, we hung out also, Henry and I mostly hung out with Matt Demerit, who played inside the ET costume. And he, yeah. he, he would ride around on a skateboard. So they, we had, there was like ramps and stuff. We were on the, on the soundstage and he would not skateboard ramps, but just like, I guess they were just like stairwells and stuff like that. But he would actually, he was like, you know, <laughs> like a stunt man. He was, he would like ride <laughs> down the ramp on a skateboard and he, I, he, he was born without legs. So, but he didn't want to use the um, artificial 
legs. So he would get around on his hands on, you know, on his, uh, and he was the reason that ET sort of has that walk. Yeah. So that's how Matt, you know, did, well, he played it, Matt played it that way, but he, he has that this very distinctive walk because Matt was walking on his hands inside the costume. Yeah. Doing all the physical stuff, whenever they had to do like falling down or being drunk or when the mother <laughs> takes a picture and he falls down, that's all Matt. That's Matt. And so to, to me, that's a big part of ET's personality is because of Matt Demerit. Yeah. Those scenes so are we hung out with him. And so we would have like those guns, those, um, you're too young they had uh they had these guns like phasers from star trek but they would fire fire these like little round plastic discs and we had those and we would have wars where we would like chase each other and shoot each other and they were they would hurt i mean they were like plastic discs and they would fire pretty quick i mean they're not like bb guns but they would you know they yeah. bounce off of you but they you know leave a mark and uh <laughs> So we, we did that. I remember we did that in parking garages too. We'd have wars in parking garages on different levels. So you could like lean down and shoot somebody. Oh man, that's the best. <laughs> yeah. And Matt would come zooming down the, the parking garage and like just firing off shots, you know, <laughs> and then just wow. like get, get us, you know. <laughs> that, that's a blast. Um... I, I played D&D &D with Henry primarily, uh, like especially when we were on location in the Redwoods um he would always always want to play D, D. so <laughs> i i think i sort of introduced him to it and i would always have like be the dungeon master because i was more familiar with the modules and i you know would set him up with the character and and one time steven wanted to join us wow, i was just about to ask if he ever uh, hopped in one time he did uh when we were up in crescent city he was hanging around the motel where we were all staying you know it was, it was raining so it was like we were rained out we couldn't film and so he came by and, um, you know, said, hey, you guys, what are you doing? And it was like, you want to play? <laughs> and so then then I'm nervous because I'm the DM. And, you know, so I roll up a character for him and he, you know, he had a pretty good character, but it's like one of the first encounter in this module is a giant snail. And the only <laughs> way the giant snail could, could kill him is if it rolled a, a 20 on a 20 sided die. And it did. It attacked him and rolled a 20, which is a critical hit. And killed off steven in the first five minutes which <laughs> oh great but but oh, man. i think he was like kind of eager to you know he he wanted to like play with us but i don't think he wanted a whole like two hour D, &D session <laughs> so it might he might have i might have let him off the hook <laughs> i guess uh that ended steven spielberg's uh D, D uh career pretty quickly yeah i think he you know he, but he he always seemed like he was kind idea. of into he was kind of into like uh fun like nerdy stuff i remember seeing pictures of him with like arcade cabinets in his office and that kind of thing like oh my god you don't even know that was they were, <laughs> they, were they were brand new uh they had missile command and they had one other game which i can't remember but the the one that steven played all the time with frank marshall they had a, a feud a rivalry on missile command <laughs> And it got so bad that that, that um, when we went up to location, after we, we, the location at the at Crescent City uh, the, in the Redwoods, those were the scenes filmed last for ET. So when we when we went up, it was the last week of filming. Uh, we were they were they, the rivalry was so bad that they had to bring the machines up. The camera crews had to load them on the trucks with the cameras, and they oh had to the missile command up to uh, Crescent City to where their office was in crescent city so they could keep the rivalry going Jeez, and, a... and not only that, they weren't um they they would let us play whenever whenever we didn't have school or we were on a break or something they would let us drop by the office and play i forget what the other game was but i know the one was missile command which i wasn't <laughs> I, I i wasn't very good at missile command asteroids is my game and they didn't have asteroids so like, <laughs> yeah, that's incredible frogger. the other one might have been frogger i can't remember it's not like today when you can just grab your Nintendo Switch or whatever and put it in a backpack. <laughs> you have to no. lug a At that time, <laughs> huge I thing. Mean, I think it was shortly before the, the home video. I mean, there was Atari, but then Atari was like the only one. And then and then right after right after ET came out, there was something called Mattel in television. 
and it was similar to Atari, but it was had more options, more games, and it, they were closer to the actual arcade games and stuff. Yeah. Did you ever, uh, speaking of Atari, did you ever play the uh, E.T. Atari game back in the day? I never did. I never had an Atari, so I never <laughs> I never played it. I played it since, like, a, you know, a emulation of it. And mm, it was, yeah. wasn't very good. It was, yeah. <laughs> I know they, they always say that that's the one that, like, killed Atari and this and that. And it's, uh, it's pretty yeah. wild. <laughs> It was so, I think it was just so, like back then, the games that were available for Atari were very, you know, it was like Breakout, where it was just like a, a, a paddle and a sliding control and the ball going up and down in bricks. The, yeah. The options were very limited, what you could do with the um, the graphics. Mm -hmm. So I, I think making any kind of game around a movie was difficult because, you know, what, you know, there, the, the only games were like either target shooting games or, you know, very, you know, I'm not even sure they were eight bit. They might've been four bit graphics. So <laughs> yeah. How are you going to do any, how are you going to represent ET with four bit graphics? And they, I, I think they didn't have much time to do it because it was a top secret project. Mm -hmm. So they didn't want to tip their hand about like what the story was or anything. Yeah, so they didn't give them much time to develop the game, and then you know, it was like they just had to put out something. Et. <laughs> yeah, that's it's kind of how it was back then with uh, a lot of stuff. Like just uh, slap a name on it, and everyone will uh, buy it anyway. It'll be all right. They, Especially yeah, they didn't with really the get good at till Nintendo, till later on, <laughs> till the the original Nintendo. Yeah, um, the times were good, but most of them were bad. But some of them were good. <laughs> How much did you know about uh, E.T. going into it, like before you guys started filming? Like, I know it was it was pretty under wraps. Yeah, I did get the script at some point, but it was, you know, it was top secret. I never saw a script until I was, you know, got the part. And then we got a script that I think I had to return or, you know, something. Uh, I don't I don't think we kept it. I, I you know. Uh so you know it was so secret I, I remember i couldn't tell my friends about it and i'd seen a screening <laughs> i'd seen a screening with an audience but i still wasn't allowed to talk about it until it actually came out so i remember being so excited and like riding around my neighborhood in irvine on my bike and i was hearing the john williams theme in my head and i was just so excited but i couldn't tell anybody <laughs> so i was like i was just you know it was it was thrilling to me but you know i i took that seriously because i didn't want to you know you know i didn't want to break my confidentiality agreement or anything yeah <laughs> i was gonna ask if you knew the movie would be a hit when you were making it but i feel like when you're working with steven spielberg and you see all this like crazy animatronic stuff and spaceships and everything you kind of you kind of know that it's going to be something huge i did i didn't i i mean i knew it would automatically be just a good really good film mm -hmm. because of steven and because you know, we all believed in it so much and everybody, you know, but I thought it was going to be that because of the subject matter of sort of being about loneliness and about, I thought it was going to be sort of a more um, personal film and it is, but I thought it was going to be along the lines of, uh, you know, a heartfelt personal film that maybe the public might not, you know, like I, I, I saw it as maybe not being like Indiana Jones because it's not like this like yeah. sparkling adventure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, while there was the, the, the exciting scenes at the end, I had originally seen it without, I saw it without music. So oh, wow. it, it was like those scenes with Elliot. I, I saw it with the, the scenes with Elliot in the closet where he's showing him all his toys and everything. They were very um, personal and, you know, yeah. Um, it just it just struck me that it was going to be sort of a, a very sweet movie. But at the same time, I saw a screening of Poltergeist and I was like, whoa, this is going to be a huge, <laughs> huge hit because I saw that with an audience. Oh, and yeah. That... With an audience, I saw Poltergeist and I thought that one, you know, and they were both big hits. But, you know, E.T. was a hit because it's like, I think I remember 
my my grandma went to see it. Uh, well, I took her, but then also all of the people that you know were her friends that hadn't seen a movie since like night since Doris Day. <laughs> they were all going to see it like multiple times, and wow. I thought that's something because you know they haven't seen a movie you know forever. They don't. There's nothing they that really grabbed their interest, or they you know they just you know and all of a sudden. So I thought here that you know there's something here. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, I think I never realized what a big hit it was until kind of later on because I was just a kid watching a movie. But uh, like, yeah. it was the biggest the biggest movie of all time for like a a while, <laughs> like box office wise, which is so crazy. And and then yeah, and then Star Wars came came Star Wars I think passed it because it got re released or something in the theaters mm. and they did the the uh, the new versions. Yeah. And then, and then Titanic came along and, you know, I think uh, Jurassic Park uh, beat it at one point. I think Spielberg beat himself with uh, Jurassic Park. Right. And then uh, I'm sure Star Wars came up in there somewhere. And then now it's it was Avengers and now it's Avatar again or something. I don't <laughs> it's hard to keep track now. but uh... It's hard to keep track because it's like the the markets are different too, and it's like, and especially now, like, how, how do you keep track of it now? Yeah, it seems now, like now every movie the- makes like, if a movie doesn't make like ET numbers, they're like, oh, it was a flop. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but now, I mean, now that's out the window because it's like, you know, Spider Man came out <laughs> and did, did huge numbers, but it's like right away everybody has to go back inside and you know it's like <laughs> yeah that yeah right now box office doesn't really mean much at all with the uh, <laughs> with an asterisk just yeah the last two three years you know just not it, yeah it's so brave to put out anything at this time definitely I, I stepson to see spider-man on the first day the uh in new york uh and Sweet. it was a full, full house full crowd you know, uh, but then after that weekend is when everybody, you know, in New York, at least everything heated up again. And it was like, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like it didn't really have a chance to try to beat Avengers or whatever. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of. Yeah. It's the sixth highest grossing right now, I think. But um, yeah. But E.T. just did like crazy numbers. And then I, I think it was in theaters for like oh, over a year or at least a year over and a that's, year that's a crazy run <laughs> it was number one for uh almost half that time i think it was like number one consistently every week even wow. over movies coming out that uh, premiering that weekend um <laughs> yeah i don't know i didn't i was away when it came out i was not i was filming in vermont and i was filming a movie called i am the cheese so mm. i did see it in a theater but it was like a little theater in barry vermont which wow. like a small town in, in the middle of Vermont. And, uh, you know, so I, and it wasn't like one of those situations where there was a line around the block cause it was a small town theater. So it was like, there weren't that many people to go see a movie there, you know? So, <laughs> but I did see it, you know, somewhere during that opening few weeks. And then I was, I was gonna ask how did life kind of change after uh, ET came out? Cause uh, like going back to school or anything, it must've been, like it a totally great. new thing yeah because i only had i was i was one semester into high school wow um, when i filmed et so then when it came out it was uh you know i went back to school but only briefly before the summer and then uh and then that following year was just crazy but i was working a lot so i wasn't i was uh doing a lot of plays and i was also uh, doing a lot of television and, and working kind of all over the place. So I was in and out of school. Uh, but yeah, all of a sudden I was like, you know, popular. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was on the dramas, drama class, you know, and sort of under the radar when I, um, when I, when, before I filmed ET, I was in the, the theater class at a uh, university high school in Irvine. And then, you know, sort of, you know, I had friends on the drama class, but, you know, I had a few friends, but then all of a sudden ET and then, and then all of a sudden I'm getting invited to the football parties and the, you know, (laughs) all that stuff. Man, 
that must have been go to your head i think i did somewhat it, it's hard <laughs> especially at that, at that age like yeah i yeah i would be feeling like a, a big shot for sure i it's funny because i i went to high school i was a year ahead of will farrell and he went to the same high school wow and he was in the drama class but i at that time, I couldn't, I couldn't do the drama class the next year because I couldn't, I couldn't commit to it. I couldn't do the shows or anything like that because I was doing other stuff. So he was in the drama class the year after me. <laughs> and I, I, I don't think I ever met him. He was asking about me. My brother was at the school and my brother was a year behind me too. And he was always asking uh, my brother, you know, if I was coming back to drama or whatever. And I'm, you know, so I never met the man. As far as I know, I never met him, and you know, that's funny. Will Ferrell was a a big Robert McNaughton fan back in the day. I don't know. That's if awesome. Fan, I think he just wanted to ask me about you know getting an agent and stuff. Yeah, fan, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. You would have been the guy to talk to about uh. Yeah, about all that. Yeah, but it's just we our paths never crossed. He was there the year after me. I was still going to the school, but I wasn't in drama, and I was basically just going to the school and getting. The homework to take to do, you know, <laughs> yeah. on the set. Man, um, I did want to pop up some uh, pictures here and uh, kind of uh, let me oh, sure. see. Can you can you see that there? Yeah, it's in color. I usually see this picture in black and white. Yeah, I've seen uh, I've seen both, but um, yeah, I was curious uh, the story behind this. I got a few pictures here, but we'll start with. Uh, uh, for those just listening to audio, it's uh, Princess Diana, and she's here with Robert and Henry and Drew and Stephen, and she's holding a uh, an ET plush. And uh, it's... yeah, Drew had just given her that. Drew was the yeah. end of the line. Uh, there's it was it's called a uh, uh, what is it? Greeting line? No, it's it's a it's like an official line where they go down the line and shake the hands of everybody. And Drew was the last person in the line. Uh, and so at the end of the line, she gave her, uh, she gave Princess Diana the, the doll. <laughs> so this was at the Royal premiere uh, in, it had actually uh, had come out in, in America six months earlier. And then they brought it out around Christmas time in, in the UK. And so they brought us over for like a week to do, you know, publicity and, and stuff, but also to come to the Royal premiere. And wow. my grandma's British, uh, you know, uh, Brit British native was my grandma who passed away was uh, from Reading in England. So I brought wow. her to the royal premiere, and and uh, <laughs> I remember they gave us a little training course on how you the the, the um, protocols as far as like you don't speak until spoken to, and you know. Mm. Uh, you know, just, just the little stuff. And, and we ended up not really needing that at all because they were so informal. And with this, this uh, picture was from before we met them. I mean, from before the uh, movie was shown, they, they had the, uh, the line. And um, I remember I was so nervous and it was also the first time I shaved in my life. Uh, <laughs> I was shaving and my grandma's sort of showing me how to do it. But I remember I nicked myself and I was so worried that I was bleeding. You know, I had one of tissue paper on my neck. And um, <laughs> so uh, I was so nervous. And then Stephen, uh, just uh, a little bit down the line, I don't know if you can see it in the picture, but Melissa's with Harrison. And Stephen oh, wow. said, uh, if you're nervous, just look at Harrison. He does, he's done like six of these. <laughs> so, <laughs> Look, just look what he does. <laughs> yeah, um, that must have been uh, uh, just a regular day for him. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Do you remember uh, what she said to you guys or what you said to her, if if anything? I, well, for this, I remember it was just so formal. And it was like, I just said, you know, it's, it's an honor to meet you or something stupid like that. Um, <laughs> Drew was, of course, like, here, I brought something for you. And then she gave him, she gave uh, Princess Diana the plush. The really interesting thing happened at the end of the movie. They um, they snuck us out early before, like right when the credits started, and they had they had snuck uh, Princess Diana and Prince Charles out uh, so she could fix her makeup 
because she was crying. And wow. so they snuck her out, but then they said they wanted to meet with us. So we had an informal meeting just with them, uh, just, just Stephen and the three of us and the pr prince and princess. And she was just saying, you know, I cried so much, I couldn't help it and everything. And then, and then <laughs> he said to me, well, I laughed so much, I cried. And he was very gracious and, you know, and, and really charming. And, you know, so, and so he sort of directed it at me while she was sort of talking to all of us, you know. That, that's pretty wild. I was, uh, I was hoping that would make the cut in the, uh, the movie Spencer that came out <laughs> this past year, the Princess Diana movie. Yeah. But there was no, uh, no E.T. meeting in that movie. See that movie? It's incredible. Yeah, it is incredible. Great yeah. Movie. Yeah. Kristen Stewart is uh, phenomenal. But uh, yeah. And, and I, I really, I really enjoyed it. I had, you know, no idea what was going on with her. And there's also yeah. a movie now called The Princess that just premiered at Sundance. That's supposed to be a, it's a documentary. Wow. Very good. Wow. Um, here, here's another photo. Can you see that? <laughs> yeah. This, this one, uh, I'll, I'll describe it again for the people, uh, listening, uh, audio only, but, uh, it's from a Japanese magazine. I don't know the name of it. But it's uh, Robert here wearing a, uh, uh, is that, uh, what's the name of the game? Now I'm, oh, Space, Space Invaders, Space, Space Invaders shirt. And, That's uh, the actual shirt that I wear in the movie. That's my shirt. I have that shirt. Oh, you still have it? Yeah. That's, That's the awesome. one I wear in the film, which it was my shirt. I'm just trying to figure out what all these doodads are, these dolls and yeah. stuff. I think yeah, he's, a, he's surrounded by a, a lot of a lot of apes and uh, gorilla statues and other like trinkets behind. And I, it's gotta be a photo shoot of some sort. I'm not sure where, was, but I, I believe this was taken at my aunt's house in Irvine. Aunt oh, my, wow. And those were all her um, apes and stuff. And uh, there was a big ET collector named Mike. I can't remember his last name. And he, he had taken these pictures and then, you know, and then sold them to this Japanese magazine, but it wasn't like a Japanese photographer shoot or anything like that. It was like, wow. sort of a, it was an ET fan who also would show up at, at all. He had these connections with Universal and he knew where we were going to be for promotional things. And so he would be there and take pictures and we would sign the pictures and stuff. Uh, I, I can't remember his last name, but uh, now I'm wondering if I uh, wondering if I've ever crossed paths with him because I know a lot of I, I thought I was the only one who was like an ET obsessive until I uh, started this Facebook group for ET fans. And oh, now no. uh, I'm not even close to the top 10. <laughs> There's a book on uh, eBay that's I think it's like listed for five thousand dollars. And it's like uh, all of us signed it. Drew, when wow. she was younger, Drew, when she was six or seven and. All, all of the rest of the cast and Steven and everybody. He has everybody in this, the ET storybook. And yeah. it, that was, this guy, Mike, had gotten us to sign it all. So I'm not sure he listed it on eBay. He might've sold it to somebody that ha has it listed on eBay right now. So you didn't know this was going to end up in a Japanese magazine? <laughs> oh, no, I had no idea. But you know, <laughs> he was always giving us stuff as far as like pictures or posters or things like that. So we, we would always try to, you know, sign stuff for him or, you know, be nice to him. He was very, very friendly, very nice. And he just, you know, was always taking pictures. And, you know, my dad was in marketing and he's like, you know, any, any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> that, uh, that would have been me if I had been around in uh, 82, probably. Um, here's yeah. another one that's uh... <laughs> a regrettable hairstyle. <laughs> uh, this was at the 20th anniversary of ET in uh, 2002. That's um, when I took my son, the one I took my son to. Yeah. And what's, yeah. In, what's okay, I was, uh, first of all, the dreadlocks. <laughs> <laughs> I had started the dreadlocks, but they had just, they were just started. They were like, you know, less than six months old. And I was working for the post office in Arizona. And, uh, when they notified me about this, I had not much notice that they were going to do this event. You wow. know, I had about a week's notice that they wanted us to do this premiere and all that. So my options at that point, you can either shave your head because you can't undo dreadlocks. Right. So, 
so I could either go look in like, you know, Edward Norton in American <laughs> History X, which I didn't want to do, or no. <laughs> the dreadlocks and, you know, have, my wife hates them though. My wife Bianca, uh, is, a, a, she's an actress, but she, she can't stand the, when I had the dreadlocks, she, I, 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 when I met her, I no longer had the dreadlocks. How, uh, how long did the dreadlocks last? I, I had them until I was 40. So almost 10, I think 10 years. Wow. I had them so, and then I didn't, and then I didn't want to be a 40 year old with dreadlocks. So like, <laughs> then I, then I shaved them all off and just grew out my hair naturally, you know? So, so then I'm making a comeback for the 40th anniversary then. <laughs> no, 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 I, no. It was like, I, I really wanted them to be, you know, sort of longer and like more yeah. natural looking, but they were just brand new. So it's like, okay, <laughs> I got no choice. I got to do it. No, that, I, I think it's great. I, that's like such a, a, an encapsulation of 2002 is those pictures from that premiere. Cause it's like, you got the dreadlocks and then the, like the spy kids are hanging out there. And then uh, I can't even remember who else is there. It's like just a um, perfect time capsule. I didn't get to meet anybody. It was wow. First of all, like I worked the night before I was brand new with the post office, fairly brand new. I, but I was, um, I couldn't take time off the day before because somebody else already had the time off. And so uh, I couldn't take the day before. So, and I worked nights. So mm -hmm. I had to work from like 6 PM until 6 30 in the morning, the day of the premiere. And so then I, I got a flight to LA, like a 10 AM flight to LA. And then they took me straight from there to the premiere, which I got to the premiere at 11. And then I was supposed to, uh, the, the movie started at one. So I did all the red carpet stuff in just a days. I, I had like worked all night the night before and went straight from the airport to the red carpet, got out. And then all of a sudden it was interviews and pictures and all that. And, and so to be honest, I was like, so I worked 12 hours the night before I was dead tired and I was watching the movie with the orchestra and everything. And I started nodding off, you know, <laughs> which is a bad thing because Steven was, my son was in my lap and Steven was right behind me. Oh no. <laughs> and we were in the balcony and Steven was right behind me. And I was like, like my son was like, sort of, he, he's, you know, watching the movie and he was really enthralled, but I started, I started nodding off cause I couldn't, you know, I was just so dead tired. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. And, uh, and then, but then I got it, I pulled it together at the end. They had us all come up on stage oh at the God. very end, which was great because that was sort of the last time all of us were together, including people that are no longer with us. Yeah. Um, Carlo was there. Carlo Rambaldi was there. Oh, Elizabeth yeah. And Pat, uh, I mean, not uh, Pat Welsh, she died shortly after the filming. So we, she wasn't there, but. Um, Alan Davio, the cameraman. Mm, yeah. US, sorry, director of photography, not cameraman. Yeah, he just passed away uh, just a, a year or two ago. He died from COVID. In the, in, yeah. Yeah. And so that was sort of the last time we were all together. And, and luckily, they got like a really great group shot of all of us. And, you know, and they sent us a really nice frame version. Wow. The entire group, which it's kind of like, no one knew that was going to be the last time we were all together. Yeah, that's that's something. Made such a hoopla over that that show when we were we got on stage together, and I was next to Stephen, and I said, "What are we going to do for the fiftieth? Go on the moon or something?" Like, what? <laughs> this. So yeah, yeah, that that was a uh, you don't see a lot of hoopla for uh, anniversaries anymore. But that twentieth, no. uh, I, I think they got some stuff planned for the fortieth. It seems like, but uh, the twentieth, like it, Toys R Us, was just flooded with et merchandise oh, yeah. it was that was the first time they came out with the action figures that's where i got my action figure yeah i was gonna it said they were gonna put out dolls of us and yeah the yeah. michael doll that was yeah. the first time that was the that was the first time they ever put out action figures of of the cast they had yeah. AT, at was everywhere but you know at the time at the original release but uh but i was so excited it was like the best thing that ever happened to me yeah, I know you have a uh, an Instagram that's dedicated to this guy here, the action figure version of Michael. And uh, how did how did it's you come so up with that? Taking selfies with people, like I meet <laughs> I meet people at the shows, or if I meet somebody randomly on the street, I'll just ask them to take a picture with the doll, 
Yeah. Yeah, it weirded some people out. I remember, um, who was it? Uh, uh, Carl Weathers. I said, you want to, will you mind taking a picture with my doll? And he's like, I ain't touching that thing. <laughs> he goes, I'll take a picture with you and the doll if you want. And I go, okay. And so I got a picture of me holding the doll. Same thing with Shatner. I didn't even ask Shatner. I just said, can I get a picture with you? And then held my doll up myself. Yeah. <laughs> that, but, that's a great idea though. I think that's a, it's so fun to see, uh, well, uh, just I, scrolling through there and seeing who else is the same. So I, yeah. you know, it's like, a, it's good because it's like, you know, it's, it's a representation of me, but I don't have to be in the picture if I don't feel like it. Yeah. I, I love the shot of, uh, you and Henry both holding your, uh, action figure counterparts. That was, that was after a night of sushi and I had to <laughs> buy him quite a few sake shots in order to get that picture. <laughs> was that your, uh, your weird. Elliot toy too? Yeah. Yeah. I brought, yeah. He doesn't have, he doesn't have any of that stuff. <laughs> Uh, what what kind of anything. his kids might but he he doesn't have uh, he he's a little bit less uh you know embarrassing than me so <laughs> what kind of uh stuff do you have either from the actual movie or uh just stuff that you uh collect as far as i have just i have the michael dolls i had some of the other um toys the spaceship and some of the other toys but i just gave them to our next door neighbor here has ch children that are right the perfect age for that. Mm -hmm. that uh, they, and they told us that he had a little ET doll. And so I gave him, you know, a lot of my ET uh, stuff. Wow. Um, but I have like, for, for me, I have like the original costume that I wore uh, the space invader shirt. I have nice. the, no nukes, the shirt that I, this is no nukes on it that I wear in the movie. And I have the sort of a football Jersey that I wear when I first encounter ET. Um, yeah. So I still have those. I have quite a bit of, you know, sort of photos and clippings and stuff like that. Not really any posters. I'm always signing other people's posters <laughs> and I'm jealous because it's like, I don't have an actual ET poster. Yeah. I've got one signed by you, uh, wow. right over here. <laughs> I don't think you can see it from here. It's on the uh, it. sidewall, but, uh, I got you and D to sign that, uh, it's one from the 20th. Um, I did have a, a laser disc that I got signed by everybody when they were doing the publicity in 2002. They had us all in a hotel together and we were doing interviews with reporters and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it was the ideal time. I got everything signed for my uh, son, Noah. And, uh, and, um, and Drew was the last one I got signed. And it was like a really uh, fancy box set, a uh, laser disc, like a black box with like a... Yeah you know, the moon and everything on it. And so I got everybody to sign in like silver, you know, pen, not Sharpie, but like a sort of a silver glittery pen. Yeah. And the last person I got signed was Drew. And because there were so many other signatures on it, I smudged hers. No. <laughs> and so then I was like, okay. So then a little bit later, I mean, he was five, you know, so he didn't know about it. So I fixed, I went back and fixed her signature, which, you know, in autograph circles is like a no, no, but yeah. I didn't ever sell it. So it was just sort of a personal thing that I wanted to get. And everybody personalized it to Noah, you know, Steven and everybody, Kathy. And that's, you know, that's next level. Uh, that's, that's great. Wow. Yeah. Um, I did want to, uh get you to tell a story you told me when we met i gave you one of uh these guys uh it's oh uh, yeah or orbidon from the et adventure ride and uh a, a girl named katie in my et group made these did the artwork and uh it turned out real nice but uh i remember i gave it to you and you were like oh great well um, what is this <laughs> and then uh uh you told me a story about you and henry going to uh universal studios Oh yeah, they they I yeah, because we never went on the ET ride. I think he's been since, but but they gave us a chance to go on the, um well, we were doing some kind of publicity event or something at Universal in LA, and it was right after they opened the ET ride. So I think around 93, 90, 93, 94, something, somewhere around there. And uh so they said, uh, you know, we're doing this publicity event, but you have just enough time if you want to do a ride. You can go on any ride you want. And I knew they wanted us to go on ET, but Henry and I were like, I was in my early twenties. Henry was in a, a teen and we wanted to go on the Jurassic park ride because that was like a thrill <laughs> ride. 
and you know with like water and all that stuff it was like a, a a roller coaster so we both decided to you know we said well we don't want to go on jurassic park and it was like a kind of a, okay and they took us over there and we went on jurassic park and uh it was great but i i've never been on the et ride so i didn't know when you showed me that i was like well it's some kind of a mushroom or something but it doesn't look like the thing on the that he's growing on the spaceship. Yeah, I've seen I've seen someone selling those on eBay too. The mushrooms on from the spaceship. A friend of mine has one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to get my hands on something like that, but it's uh, it's crazy trying to find some of this stuff. But yeah, I don't one know of these he paid for it or anything, but he has one. I know that. Uh, <laughs> one uh, of these uh, days, we'll uh, we'll get you guys on the ET ride. <laughs> it's uh, it's yeah, pretty there's, great. It, there's still one in in Florida. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's the only one now. They had it in Japan, they had it in Hollywood, and they had it in Florida, and that's the last one remaining. And they just brought back the effect where uh, uh, E.T. will say your name at the end of the ride. He'll say goodbye. Oh, that's great. Goodbye, Robert. <laughs> you give him, like, your uh, your name before you get on, and it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a blast. Nice. And, uh, what I've I'll heard is... try it someday. Someday I'll get a chance. I was in Florida, but we were doing the convention and I never got a chance to get, it was the convention was the exact same hours that the park was open. Yeah. So there was really no opportunity to go to the park. Yeah. It's hard with uh, those convention schedules seem like they can be pretty, uh, pretty brutal. You're just there all day. Yeah. Sometimes I try to schedule time where I can come in before or spend possibly spend like uh, the, the convention I did in Atlanta. Uh, we, we schedule time, um, uh, before the convention so we could visit my wife's family in Tennessee mm -hmm. you know I try to do that just so I don't, I'm not just like coming into a place and like not even seeing the place yeah you know like a lot of times it's just the airport and then the, the the hotel or whatever where the convention's at and then back to the airport and then you know out of there and I hate that because it's like I want to see I want to get the feel of some of the places we're going to yeah uh, for sure Atlanta I I did get to spend some time in because we were there visiting Tennessee and you know Wow. Well, uh, this has been great. I thank you so much for uh, thank, taking thank the time. You. And uh, I know 40th anniversary is coming up. So hopefully some uh, some fun things for that. They'll finally make a Michael Funko pop or something. Oh, I wish. <laughs> yeah. I, I, when those came out, I took my son. Uh, there's a store in New York called Toy, to to Toy Tokyo. Yeah. And they, they have uh, the whole bottom floor of it is nothing but Funko pops. And this right. was sort of before the craze even took off. But when they first put out the E.T. Funko Pops, I took one of the kids and they were like eight or nine. And we went down, we went downstairs and he was like looking and he's like, oh, they have E.T. Funko Pops. And they had E.T. and Gertie and Elliot. <laughs> and he's looking and he goes, where's yours? And I said, oh, they're sold out. Mine's the most popular one. <laughs> Just, you know, uh, but <laughs> it's maybe uh, here someday. Here's hoping. I uh, I think now's the time. Um, but yeah, happy 40th to ET. And then uh, maybe uh, we'll get you and uh, somebody else on to uh, do a little mini reunion or something. Or uh, I don't know. This has been great, though. I really appreciate yeah. you uh, hopping on. Thanks. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to thank Ruby Mariscal for our amazing artwork and intro animation. And I want to thank Kitty Terry for letting me use her amazing song as our theme music. And I want to thank you for uh, tuning in. And until next time, I'll be right here.